I also heard a, a doctor once use the quote I really like. It's uh, your, your genes load the gun, your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast, where I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. I'm Sue Saller, and I'm excited to be your host on this journey. I'll be bringing you inspiring stories, practical tips, and expert advice to help you overcome obstacles, set and achieve your goals, and live the life you've always wanted. Together, we'll discover that making small changes is not only possible, but can lead to big results. Join me now as we explore the power of positive thinking, the art of goal setting, and strategies for success. Are you ready? Let's go do this. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast, and I would like to welcome Sean Stratton to our show. Sean is the director of the International Vegan Film Festival, professional speaker, best-selling author, and Ironman competitor. Sean has a bachelor's degree in experimental education and a master's in leadership. Driven by a love for education, adventure, and leadership, he devoted 15 years to leading teams on wilderness expeditions around the world into some of the most harshest environments. His first book, Teams on the Edge, Stories and Lessons from Wilderness Expeditions, was an instant bestseller and won a bronze medal in the Global Ebook Awards. And in 2013, Sean was inducted into the Royal Canadian Geographical Society's College of Fellows. Sean, welcome. I am honored to have you here today, and I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us. Well, thanks for having me, Sue. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Thanks for the introduction. Sure. I'm so glad you're here. Um, share with us a little bit of your background yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, a diverse background. I'll try to keep it short, but uh, I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in St. John's, Newfoundland, on the east coast of Canada, the most easterly point in North America. Actually, uh, I had a great childhood there. <clears throat> uh, very athletic, very outdoorsy. Played just about every sport I could find, and settled on water polo in high school, and and then got into triathlon, and and that's been kind of a, a lifelong pursuit, triathlon and, and endurance sports in general, a lot of ultra running marathons. Um, this past weekend did a ski race for the first time. So all the endurance sports, I, I kind of got into that later years of high school and, and still go today. Um, grew up kind of in the in the scouting movement and, and got my outdoor fix through the scouts because my parents weren't very outdoorsy and didn't really enjoy camping, or at least my father didn't. And that kind of led the, the family to beach vacations, which I was kind of bored with. But um, the scouting helped me uh, get my wilderness fix and get on some winter camping and summer camping, canoe trips, things like that. And then uh, I went off to university. I went to Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia in Halifax and not really sure what I wanted to do, but I, I kind of stumbled upon this um, experiential education. You said experimental. It's a hard oh, word, but it's experiential sorry. education. Uh, no problem. Sorry and and that. focused on <laughs> outdoor education. And oh, okay. uh, I just, that was a light bulb moment for me. I just kind of learned about this industry of basically outdoor leadership and, and teaching leadership uh, using the wilderness as your classroom. And, you know, personal growth and development in the wilderness. And I learned about Outward Bound and the National Outdoor Leadership School, two of the kind of the industry leaders in that um, in that field and, and decided in university when I learned about this, it's like, wow, someday I'm going to I'm going to work there someday. This, mm -hmm. uh, I want to get paid to travel the world and lead expeditions to on uh, with with incredible people helping them out doing personal growth and development leadership training. Wow. And eventually I, I did an internship with Outward Bound in North Carolina. And then I ended up at the National Outdoor Leadership School in uh, kind of 1999 area, 
spent a lot of uh, summers in Alaska and the Yukon leading expeditions, kind of month to three month long expeditions. And then oh, wow. a lot of a lot of winters in Mexico and Baja, sailing, sea kayaking, backpacking. And then I would spend my winters uh, wearing my summer clothes and I would spend my summers wearing my winter clothes in Alaska <laughs> on the glaciers. And so uh, that was, yeah, that was a different career. That was a, living the dream at the time for sure. I want you to talk about being the director of the International Vegan Film Festival. Uh, how did you get involved in that? What led you down that road? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I guess most people are vegan. We talk about what's your vegan story and <laughs> everybody <laughs> seems to have a vegan story because most people aren't born into it as, as a lot of kids are these days. But uh, yeah, for 40 odd years of my life, I was I was not vegan. Uh, and in about 2015, we uh, it started with my wife. It was kind of her idea. Um, I'd never been a big foodie. And, and most of my expeditions, I was probably, you know, vegetarian anyway. And, and you know, I enjoyed meat when when I had a chance to have it. And growing up in, you know, a typical Canadian American diet in Newfoundland, had lots of meat in our, in our diet. But um, was never a big foodie and could go without meat. With wasn't really a problem. But um, about 2015, my wife was training for a marathon at the time, and I think she was having some chronic hamstring injuries. And she heard on a podcast that uh, that generally a plant-based diet can help with healing a lot of running injuries with kind of the anti-inflammation -infl and things like that. And so she was kind of like at wit's end, like, I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> and then um, at the time we watched a movie, it was called Vegucated. This it was kind of a documentary where they took kind of five random people and, and put them on a vegan diet for a month and just kind of tracked them and saw how their life changed and how things went. And, and that kind of opened her eyes up to like, hey, like normal people can do this. It doesn't have to be, you know, some granola hippie to, to be a vegan <laughs> and you can actually do this. And there's lots of, you know, products out there to help you and support you. And and so she ended up finding um, a challenge. It was uh, Colleen Patrick Goodrow is kind of a famous um, cookbook author in, in plant-based vegan world. And she did a 30-day challenge with her and like overnight, basically went vegan overnight. You know, some people mm -hmm. take forever. Some people, you know, it ranges. Everybody's different. But she went overnight right. and did this 30-day challenge. Um, and I was just kind of willing to support her. I was kind of cut me out of left field. I was like, oh, really? You're going to start this? And so I was okay. happy to support her. And, you know, mm -hmm. if I was out of the house or eating with friends or with family, I, you know, I'd eat whatever was served. But it kind of gradually grew on me. And I watched uh, another film at the time that was very influential for me was Forks Over Knives. Uh, which mm -hmm. is another great documentary all about the benefits of plant-based eating and, and focused on more of the health benefits. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of did it for me. Once I watched that, I was like, wow, like you can, you know, prevent and reverse heart disease with this and hmm. you can prevent type two diabetes and you can mm -hmm. prevent many, many types of cancers. Like, well, sign me up. Like that's, it makes sense. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't, neither of us had any like chronic illness. We were both athletic, both ate, ate you know, a fairly, clean diet at the time, uh, we didn't have this kind of come to Jesus moment of, you know, I have this chronic illness and I need to switch myself, which mm -hmm. a lot of people mm -hmm. come to, unfortunately, but we were kind of trying to get ahead of the curve and be like, if this, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to help me prevent these other diseases, which are so rampant in our society, why not? Um, why not it seems like a small it? sacrifice to maybe extend our life a few years. So yeah. And you said it took about three months was the transition for, for what, me what? to kind of transition to fully come on. It, what was that like, like uh, from a cooking perspective and availability perspective? Was it hard, easy? 
what did you, what yeah, you experience? It wasn't, your wasn't experience? that hard at all. You know, it wasn't that hard at all. We didn't, you know, have any dietitians or anything that we consulted. We just kind of um, read some books and got some cookbooks and followed some recipes, you know, and, and then when you, you know, have all the plant, when you have all the meat or animal products out of your house, then it's, it's easy to cook because you're like, uh, yeah. well, I only okay. have plant-based products in the house. So that's what we're <laughs> going to be cooking tonight for dinner. And you have, a, you know, we have cookbooks and there's bazillion cookbooks out there uh, with, with vegan cookbooks now. And you just follow some recipes and, <clears throat> you know, there's a few, like a, a lot of the vegan cookbooks, especially back then, the first few pages would have, hey, there's some recommended pantry items. So yeah, there's not that, that many sense. things that are different, but like nutritional right. yeast is a, a good thing to have in the house and tamari and um, tahini and these things I hadn't really heard of before. But once you see <laughs> them and then you see them in a lot of recipes and so you you, you stock your pantry with a few of those kind of key items. Yeah. And, 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 we, are, and we all have them too. Yeah. You know what, though? I get mixed up between being vegan and a vegetarian. Yeah. So vegetarian they still have dairy that's kind of yeah. the big difference um and they'll probably have eggs uh mm. but for a vegan diet we don't eat any of the plant-based products at all so nothing that comes from anything with a face <laughs> as we like nothing to say. with a face okay well that's so that makes animal, it easy you know, eggs, eggs come from an animal <laughs> like the animal doesn't have to be killed for us not to eat it the eggs come from an animal okay. obviously the animal's not killed but it comes from an animal so we don't eat it so you don't need um, it. Okay. Honey, so, honey is kind of one that's on the fence sometimes, but honey does come from an animal and, you know, bees aren't meant to be, you know, feeding us honey in their life. Uh, they, they would have a great life without having to produce the amount of honey that they produce. And so, yeah, so things like honey and then dairy, obviously. Dairy in itself is just this whole category that many people should not be having dairy yeah, at all. Yeah, it should not exist yeah. at all. When you think like a, yeah. the, the purpose of dairy milk is to raise a small calf to become, you know, a 500 pound cow. And, yeah. and that's what we're feeding to our kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, and, yeah. You know, and I, I drank milk for 40 years, but, um, you know, it's never too yeah. late to, I did to too. yourself. And to learn. Yeah, I did too. But you know what? I, when I was younger, um, I was just having babies back then. I was in my twenties and, my first with my first child, I was, I was 23. I was clueless. And I thought, and I was, I was, breastfeeding at the time. And I thought, oh, you know, you have to drink milk to make milk. Okay. I didn't know any better. So I drank massive amounts of dairy milk and I got so sick. I mean, really mm -hmm. sick. And I went to the doctor and he's like, oh, well, here's pills to take care of your symptoms. And right. I thought, wait more a minute, pills. I'm just, yeah, more pills. I'm just masking the problem. I'm not finding the root and started this process where I went to look for the cause of my symptoms, not just a band-aid to take care of them. And I cut out dairy, went completely wow. dairy-free for a while. And my no issues, cheese, no nothing. Gone. No cheese. We I went to fake right. cheese. I went to and and I'm talking, this was in 1995. Whole Foods was not yeah, around the there corner. Weren't many you, there were not many options back then. But the point being that change that I made and it was it was small, but it was big because it was just dairy. I mean, I still ate meat. I still ate, unfortunately, junk food, but I took the dairy out. Did have a big result because I felt oh, wow. tremendously better. Cheese is often the hardest, one of the hardest things for people to give up. 
mm-hmm. people don't realize there's like addictive properties within cheese uh, mm. that, that make you feel addicted to it. And oh, really? Um, it is often hard to give up. <clears throat> but now, you know, on the market, there are so many faux cheeses that are, are taste very, very similar. And you guys it's, use it's those? To- the fake, the fake yeah, cheeses? We, we, or, yeah, I, I, I buy a ton of it, actually. You know, we have it on pizzas and, you know, I've got kids mm-hmm. and they like macaroni and cheese and it melts and we put it on burgers. Like we use mm-hmm. it just the same you would have cheese. And then there's yeah, a whole I've other realm of like the specialty cheeses now as well, like the Gouda, like any type mm-hmm. of cheese that's um, dairy cheese that can be made into vegan. Mostly any product now that's that's comes from an animal is, is, come from, is, is available mm-hmm. in a vegan format. But they're not always healthy for sure. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of vegan junk food out there that. that How can you tell the difference disguised. then between vegan junk food and not vegan junk food? Because, you know, marketing plays a big role in all of this, you know, and they slap a, a you know, sticker on it that says, hey, this is vegan. Wow, we're vegan. Come eat us. How can you tell the difference? Yeah, well, like, you know, the, the philosophy we try to go by in our family is it's not just a vegan diet or a plant-based diet. We try to do a, what we call a whole food plant-based diet. And and we're probably 80-20 on that. So 80% whole food plant-based, 20% processed food. Um, we're not trying to be angels and be perfect. Uh, you know, we do have, uh, you know, our uh, cravings as well. And then we do have kids that we're trying to keep happy and fed. But, uh, <laughs> you know... And, and so I think going with a whole food plant-based kind of focus and kind of that 80-20 balance is, is a very healthy diet to live mm-hmm. by. But there's definitely people out there that are junk food vegans and uh, have go down a realm and get sick and, and are not eating healthy mm-hmm. food. And it's mostly processed. I always tell people, you know, French fries and a Coke is is a plant-based diet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it's not healthy. <laughs> right. That, that, that's not, you know, lentils and rice and dull for uh, a beautiful evening with some bread. Uh, yeah. Right. And so you, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be careful too. And I think a lot of the um, processed plant-based meats and cheeses and that are a great kind of entry into the world of, of plant-based diets. And mm-hmm. sometimes we call them kind of yeah, gateway food, you know, and yeah, if you can't eliminate meat, we'll try some of these vegan sausages or, you know, try some of these uh, Beyond Burgers that, you know, taste just very similar to a burger. Don't have them once a day, but, you know, try them out starting <laughs> out and then gradually move yourself towards more of a whole food diet. And, um, you know, I had a, a coach once for triathlon and I was asking about and he was very um, well averse on, on nutrition labels and nutrition and dietetics and I asked him what, you know, what should I look for on the label when I'm reading labels? And I, I was still eating meat at this time. And uh, he said, mm-hmm. you should try to buy food without labels. Mm-hmm. So that's, <laughs> a good, like, oh, that's a good, that's a right. good rule of thumb. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking yeah, yeah, here, you so know, you, you probably eat a beans. lot of like rice, beans, nuts. Do you guys eat a lot yep, of nuts lots, and fruits? Of nuts, a lot of legumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of fruit and vegetables and legumes and, you know, tofu. Uh, yeah. There's, oh, there's tofu. No, ca- no oh, shrimp. I can be a vegan. I yeah, love tofu. Tons of tofu. Tofu's yeah. So awesome. our typical family pizza night, we have sweet potato, tofu, cheese. Sometimes we have corn. Sometimes we have mm. onions and, and mushrooms. Um, mm. That's our homemade pizza nights. And uh, it's great. Nice. Kids love it. So sometimes with uh, veganism, the argument against it is, oh, well, you're just not getting enough protein. You're not getting enough what of what you need. You need to, you know, you're, you're going to become deficient in X, Y, and Z. And obviously you've been doing this since 2015 and your kids do it. Your wife does it. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been 
surrounding the myth that right. you know the you're protein not question enough. we call it yeah the protein question okay <laughs> every vegan gets it <laughs> many many times <laughs> um, I saw a T-shirt the other day it said I've got 99 problems but protein isn't one of them yeah no most most vegans have have their protein answer ready to go <laughs> for when it comes um, <laughs> from from friends or family or anybody but um, a few things that we generally say or I generally say is like well I get I get protein the same place your animals get protein from plants. That's where animals get their protein from. They get it from plants and that's where I get it from, you know? And I often ask people, well, how much protein are you supposed to get in a day? Not they don't know anyone. have no idea. They have no idea. They're concerned yeah. about my protein intake, but they have no idea how much <laughs> they need or how much they're getting. It's um, fair. You know, questions like that, you know, and I'll, I'll say we're, we're, you know, we're, we don't have a protein deficiency. Like when was the last per time you've met somebody that said they were, protein deficient even even yeah. vegans are protein deficient. you know if you're a cancer patient potentially you have some protein issues uh, if you have some you know chronic disease you have protein issues but most somewhat healthy people functioning in our north american society do not have a lack of protein for the most part most people are well well over their protein limit in in a standard american diet mm -hmm. have way more protein than they need and uh, you know there's tons of studies that show the causal effect uh, correlation between animal protein and many types of cancers. And, mm. and people are just getting way, way too much protein. You know, a lot of the plant-based doctors talk about, we don't have a protein deficiency in our, in our, in our food system. We have a fiber deficiency. I would agree with that. Mo most yeah. people, you know, in a standard American diet do not get near enough fiber, but they get way more protein than they need. So yeah, it's never, it's never been an issue for us. Um, it's never been mm -hmm. an issue for me. I'm, I'm an endurance athlete. A couple of years ago, I ran a hundred miler ultra marathon, wow. uh, I've done Ironman triathlons and, you know, people say, oh, I could never go on a plant-based diet. I, I, the energy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't manage to get the energy <laughs> like, or I tried it and I, my energy died. I'm like, well, like there, there's ways around what? it. You know, maybe you weren't doing it right. And, and fair yeah. enough. Like but some people don't do it right when they, when they switch to a plant-based diet and, well, and maybe they go all junk food or they just eat one type of food. Cause that's all they think they know how to eat. And so right, there are ways, right. you know, to do better than others. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and then the other aspect of that to the people who say, Oh, you know, I tried that and I was more tired and it didn't work. Anybody, when you change your diet, the body always goes through a detox process where you are going to feel tired. I mean, I have a friend of mine who she changed her eating habits. She went to more unpackaged foods, you know, more whole foods. She was, uh, it wasn't vegan, but she was just preparing her foods and watching what she ate and cut her calories because she realized she was eating too much. And she was saying to me after two weeks, she's like, I'm so tired. I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I encouraged her. I said, you know, remember if you've been feeding your body crummy things, you know, Twinkies, processed food, chips, stuff out of a bag, McDonald's. And once mm -hmm. you take those things away and you start feeding it the right types of foods, the unpackaged foods, the natural foods, what happens is your body goes, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? I'm still looking for the junk to get my fix. I'm still looking for that sugar. I'm still looking for that. And you do go through this period where you just don't feel well it's important for people to remember when you get over that period of time, that's when the healing. So that's when you really start feeling better. You got to let the body go through that detox process first. And I would imagine the same thing happens if somebody were to say, okay, I'm no longer going to eat meat. I want to become a vegan. 
I'm sure they're going to experience the same thing and just... It, it is important to do a transition. And, and if you don't have kind of a comfort in the kitchen and a comfort cooking, it's mm-hmm. there's tons of you know resources out there on the internet now that, that'll help you through a transition uh, into a plant-based diet. And, and fortunately, you know, people see results amazingly fast on a plant-based mm-hmm. diet. If you're coming from a standard American diet, and especially if you have any cholesterol issues at all, I really mm. recommend you like get some blood work, you know, the day you're going to start. And, and so that you have a kind of a baseline to compare off and, and, you know, even blood work two weeks later has been shown to have radical changes. Wow. Like there are some hereditary elements out there to obviously cardiac disease and, and cancer, mm-hmm. but it's, I think the more and more people study it, it it's tiny fractions. Like, I've heard recently that cancer, hereditary cancer is about 5% of cancers, causes about 5% of cancers. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be, you know, 95% are, are caused otherwise, whether it's lifestyle or environment or other sources. But um, I think a lot of people want to like put it up back on that. Oh, it's hereditary. Oh, it's, you know, uh, I, I, I got my hands up in the air. I can't do anything about it because it's hereditary. And mm-hmm. um, I also heard a, a doctor once use the quote I really like. It's uh, your, your genes load the gun, your lifestyle pulls the trigger. And so you may have that hereditary background, but there's a lot that you can do to, you know, downplay the cause and effect of that, that maybe that poor hereditary background, whether it's cardiac disease, cancer, things like that, mm-hmm. to mitigate yeah. it. And, and if you continue on, you know, the standard American diet, it certainly doesn't help your chances of, of living a long, healthy life. And, you know, there's other studies that say like the average North American elderly person spends the last like seven, eight years in chronic pain. Um, yeah, and it's you know yeah. it's not about the the years in your it's not about the the life in your the years in your life it's about the 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 life in your years life in your years yeah yeah, yeah it's not like I want to be live to be a hundred it's like what do you want to do at a hundred yeah. <laughs> you know I don't want to live to be a hundred and spend the last ten years of my life you know in a chair yeah yeah there's a new and... book out there called the blue zones have you heard of that Mm-mm. no I haven't yeah it's What's it's really we studied the um, concentrated areas around the world that have the most centenarians, the most people okay. that live above, older than a hundred. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they narrowed it down to about five or six different communities around the world. Uh, there was one in Japan, one in Italy, I believe one in Costa Rica. Oh, okay. And then there was one in California, Loma Linda, California. And, and they tried to, you know, correlate what, what are the commonalities between all these communities with centenarians in them. And, and one of them, one was they had a predominantly plant-based diet. It wasn't, you know, yeah, they weren't a hundred percent vegan yeah. diet because most of these people had never heard of veganism, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. and so they did have, you know, probably have some animal products in their diet, but it was more, um, you know, celebrations, you know, once, once a quarter, or once a year, a couple times a year, they would have, you know, a big meat meal, maybe like a Christmas dinner or an mm-hmm. Easter dinner kind of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't meat every day for sure. It was predominantly a plant-based diet. And then there was other things that were involved with it, you know, having a community around, having a sense of purpose, having mm-hmm. close friends, uh, you know, being able to you know, get your meals within a hundred mile radius, your, your prose comes from things like that. But it's a, mm-hmm. it's a great book worth checking out the, the um, blue zones. Yeah. I'll put it in the comments down below so that people can mm-hmm. check it out if they, they, mm-hmm. they're more interested in it. So what are some, what are some mm-hmm. practical things right now that I can do? I want to become vegan. Yeah. Well, the first thing is, you know, getting rid of all the animal products in your house. Okay. Uh, you say you, you got to eat them up, but you can also give them away. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of food banks that will, will take any animal products you have there. So you take the temptation away. Point uh, taken. All right. That's... And, and <laughs> you, you, you find a good transition, you know, plan, whether it's a, a book or some kind of PDF you can find on your website. 
uh, find on the web and, and, you know, start the transition and, uh, you don't have to go like, there's no right way to do it. And there's no yeah. perfection. You know, some people get tied up in perfection. Like, Oh, you ate that. Well, you're not vegan. It's like, it's not about being per perfect. It's about progress. Mm -hmm. And and I've heard the quote that said like, sometimes the, the stress of trying to be a hundred percent vegan is, has worse effect on you than, mm. than you know, not, not being vegan. <laughs> so it's, it's about progress and, you know, maybe people start off one day a week, not having meat, or I know some people that start off and they say, I'm going to be vegan before 6 PM. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, you know, start with small changes. Some people like my wife went cold Turkey and overnight, get it, got to work with what you, what works best right. with you. And, you know, people, food is like a religion for a lot of people. <laughs> and mm -hmm. It's amazing. I didn't really realize that until I went vegan. And then I go out to dinner and people start asking questions and all of a sudden <laughs> it gets really heated. And I'm, I'm just like, you asked me, I'm just sharing, you know, my story. <laughs> um, I'm just and, trying to eat. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, be prepared for, you know, your answers and uh, with friends and family and, and, you know, know why you're doing it. You, like any re big event in your life, you have to know your why and, and mm -hmm. stick to it and, and give yourself some grace. You know, if you, you go out to dinner for a family meal and you're early on in your transition and all of a sudden there's some turkey on your plate and you don't want to be embarrassed or you don't want to make the, the host embarrassed, like maybe mm -hmm. you eat the turkey that time. Eat the turkey. And then gradually yeah. over time, like there's a lot of times we go out for friends and, you know, now most of our friends know us. And, and right now, 95% of our friends are not vegan. So it's not like I live mm -hmm. in a vegan commune and everybody around me is. Um, <laughs> but they they make adaptions when they invite us over or we offer, a lot of times we'll offer to bring a dish. But yeah, like there's and, always salad. I mean, you can always yeah, eat a salad. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> there's yep. like, there's and, always um, that. And do you find going out to eat for restaurants that there yeah. are vegan friendly choices without it. Absolutely. Being too yeah. There's some stats recently. I haven't, I can't remember them, but like the amount of restaurants that have at least one vegan option now is skyrocketed, you know, in mm -hmm. the last five years, um, let alone, you know, full on plant-based restaurants there, you know, everyone would know them in your community. There's a great app called happy cow. Highly recommend getting that happy cow. will list all the vegan restaurants in your area. And it's okay. all geolocated. And so whenever I'm traveling, I just pop in Happy Cow and it'll tell me where all the vegan restaurants are nearby, wherever I am. <laughs> I think starting out, it's good if you, you know, if you can do a bit of meal planning, I think that helps mm -hmm. as well. And that, that helps for anybody eating anything, especially right. with a busy family, because you're less likely to grab the quick to go meals mm -hmm. um, if you can do a bit of planning or you spend the weekend and make a couple meals and freeze them, make some chilies or some soups and things like that. Mm -hmm. That really helps. Uh, the Instant Pot, I use that a ton, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's making rice, making overnight oatmeal. Is that like a crock pot, an Instant Pot? Is that yeah, is it yeah. the same Not thing? familiar with the Instant Pot. Wow. No, the I made dinner is, tonight is in the crock like, pot. I do the crock yeah. pot. Where yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like this pot and the you slow throw cooker? everything in. Yeah, it's a slow cooker. Yeah. Is that yeah, what it so is? So the Instant pot, pot is? is a slow cooker and a pressure cooker all in one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Popular so, is air fryer. Have you used yeah, air fryers? Yeah. You, I haven't work? got into it. There, there's one you can get that mm. goes on your Instant Pot, and I've thought about it, but mm. I haven't, okay. I haven't quite felt the need yet. Um, but <laughs> hey, yeah, so if, things like that can save a lot of time. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it necessarily takes a lot more time to eat vegan. Maybe a little bit more planning, but um, if you, you know, mm -hmm. if you can do a week plan, um, uh, plan your meals for a week, and then you know you can look at your list and and you know do your grocery shopping. There's there's meal planners out there now that you know you pick you you select the meals and it spits you out your grocery list. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and you mm-hmm. just check them off. I know Rich Roll, um, the Rich Roll podcast is great. They've got a, a meal planner that does those types mm-hmm. of things, and they even line them up with like Instant Cart, and will deliver your your whole your whole <laughs> list to you within like there three clicks. Go. So, um, oh, wow, there's, there's many different ways to do it, and. Uh, yeah. And I, I want to touch on as well, you know, there's three kind of main pillars to veganism that people go mm-hmm. and we've been talking about more of the health benefits. And that's originally why our family got involved in, in veganism. But there's the environmental side of it as well. And, and obviously the animal welfare side. And those are two very, very big, important things. And um, they're all equally important to us now. You know, there's a phrase that says, come for your health, stay for the animals. <laughs> and uh, and that was kind of us once we learned more about veganism and uh, and just the the state of the environment and um, mm-hmm. and the, obviously the animal welfare system or the animal agriculture system was a no brainer. It's so easy, you know. Um, one of the things my kids, you know, they get questions all the time at school from their friends about like, why are you vegan? What is vegan? That's not. And mm-hmm. and the easy answer I tell them is like, just tell them I don't want to hurt animals. Like, why are you vegan? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt animals. Just simple as that. And people don't have a good comeback, you know, for that. It's like, oh, true, okay. true enough. Yeah, um, true you know, enough. Do you have do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? You like those? Yeah, well, you know, it's not that different <laughs> than eating a chicken. <laughs> and um so yeah, the environmental side is obviously huge as well. The amount of methane coming from cows and, and the amount of um forest destruction, um, land destruction that's been cleared away for the for animal agricultural to happen on. Uh, mm-hmm. Is, is is incredible, especially going on in the Amazon rainforest and, and, you know, all over the world. And then, you know, the people come, well, I have grass-fed beef. And, well, grass-fed beef is actually worse for the environment side of it because mm-hmm. they need so much land. Rich. You know, grass-fed beef, organic grass-fed beef is healthier than, you know, <clears throat> the standard beef you get in the store. But at the same right. time, it's not helping the environment. It's worse for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better for the environment yeah. to have all your cows in the one building. But that's not better for disease control. And yeah. um, it goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the price of meat products also make it cost prohibitive for a lot of people. I mean, it, it's just my husband and I, and just it, for the cost of eggs, let's just go with mm-hmm. eggs for a minute. This time last year, a dozen eggs was, I think, uh, a, like a dollar 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. The six months prior to that, eggs were 84 cents a dozen. We would go wow. to our Aldi store, 84 cents a dozen. Sometimes they were 49 cents a dozen. And my husband likes eggs. We'd get five or six dozen eggs, you know, 40 for 49 wow. cents. You know what? You can't beat it. So we've watched our egg prices here in the States go up exponentially. So my husband went the other day to go get get eggs, $4.59 for a dozen. Wow. Wow. And that's that's an industry that's massively subsidized by the government. I don't really want to eat eggs. You know, we used to eat eggs twice a week. I mean, it was a great, great meal, but now it's like, uh, I don't want to pay four and a half, you know, $4.50 for a dozen eggs. I'd rather pop open a can of beans. You know, I didn't realize how expensive cheese was until I went to Africa. And like people don't really eat cheese there. And I was in East Africa in Kenya area and because it's so expensive. And then you come back to the States and Canada and it's like, well, cheese is not that expensive. It's like, oh, because it's subsidized massively. The dairy Mm -hmm. industry is so subsidized from the government. But, you know, the plant-based industry, these plant-based products that are coming out, they're not getting any subsidies at all. So it's, you know, these plant-based meat manufacturers, they're not getting the subsidies from the government. And, And so 
and they're fighting on price parity. You know, they're trying to get their prices down, but it's so hard to compete mm -hmm. with an industry that is just has such a long history of, of being subsidized by the government. Mm -hmm. But actually, at this point, I mean, I remember buying vegan cheeses and they were kind of pricey, you know, maybe twice as much as their mm -hmm. dairy counterpart. But I would think the way inflation has hit the dairy industry and eggs, you know, the dairy, I think they're probably comparable in price now. Do yeah. you, I don't know what you see up there in Canada, but, uh, and I haven't checked lately down here, but I think I'm going to go check because if you're paying five bucks for a pound of cheese and whether it's vegan or whether it's dairy, yeah. you know, then it's, then it's a no brainer if you're going to make the switch for health. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and granted, you know, the cheese is not, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the junk food vegan that you, 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 it's nice to supplement with, but it's, it's yeah. certainly not, it shouldn't be a staple in a whole food plant-based diet, but you know. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty processed. I would think. Yeah. Cheese, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah vegan cheese is, is yeah. not, it's not, it's coming from plants and there's no environmental yeah. damages or not the, the same amount of environmental damage that comes from yeah. a cow, but it's, it's certainly not health food. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's easy. Like I said, to be a junk food vegan um, and and not live a healthy lifestyle. Sure, you're you're saving right. animals and and the planet, but it's not it's not helpful for you. With their vegan lifestyle, talk about the transit. Talk about the connection between your mm -hmm. lifestyle and becoming director of the International Vegan Film Festival, and talk a little bit about where that's at right now. Yeah, after being vegan for a couple of years, I you know watched a lot of documentaries, read a bunch of books and, and just kind of really got into the movement and, and really saw it just really clicked and made sense. And I thought, you know, I want to get involved more in the community and, and, and see how I can utilize my skills and experience to serve the, the plant-based community in my area and, and ideally around the world. And um, I did some research and I thought about doing kind of a veg fest. Veg fest are these kind of events, similar like farmer's markets that are all plant-based mm -hmm. products. I thought about organizing one of them. And, and at the time we just had our third ch child and it was just too much. It was going to be too much for me to organize. And uh, there's a couple of film festivals that I've really enjoyed. One mainly is a mountain adventure film festival, the Banff Mountain Film Festival that I've seen for years. Um, they have a traveling show, a traveling world tour that goes around um, all over the world. And I've seen it for years. And, and so that that was kind of in my mind. And I thought, well, I wonder if there's maybe I can find a vegan film festival and bring that to, to Ottawa, where I was living at the time and, and show that in Ottawa. And I did a bunch of research and realized that there were no vegan film festivals anywhere in the world. There, oh, wow. never, there wasn't one existed. There seemed to be mm -hmm. a couple that had been like a year or two over the years, but nothing huh. um, for kind of the model that I was looking at. And so kind of being the the entrepreneur and kind of leader i was like well why not <laughs> i guess i'll try to do why this. not I think, you <laughs> i think i can pull this off uh i didn't know you know if there was a market out there i didn't know if there was gonna be enough film submitted i didn't mm -hmm. know if anybody's gonna watch it but i thought well let's let's give this a try um it seems like a, a worthwhile thing uh this was back in 2018 and um, there's a bunch of really popular kind of plant-based films that had come out on Netflix recently. Kind of What the Health was one of them. Cowspiracy, um, Forks Over Knives. Uh, recently, more than recently, The Game Changers was a big hit film. And and so mm -hmm. I was surprised. Yeah, there weren't any. And and so I I started it. I learned everything I could about film festivals and and how you attract um, filmmakers and how you set it up the mm -hmm. back end and how you accept mm -hmm. them and all that. And um, yeah, we launched the first one in, in Ottawa here in Canada uh, in 2018. And I think nice. I had 29 submissions from 12 countries around the world. Wow. And, um, we had, yeah, we had 150 or so people come out to a, kind of an independent theater here and we had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm 
yeah, it went, went, went really well. And, and then I added a world tour to it as well. And so I, I always wanted it to be kind of a year round event. And so mm-hmm. we condensed all the films to kind of a short two hour best of the best. And so we showed oh, the best okay. of the best short films. And then we work with local hosts around the world that um, they basically pay a licensing fee. And then we send them, I call it a festival in the box. And okay. then they host it for their own community. And we give them all the information and then they sell the tickets. They um, get the theater and and host it. And so, yeah, we've had dozens of those around the world in in the last four or five years. Uh, Obviously, the pandemic uh, took a bit of hit on that. We went online in the pandemic. And so we had a virtual film festival for a couple of years. And uh, Mm -hmm. this year, we like Netflix in person. It's a vegan Netflix. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, and there's a channel right now, um, Jane Velez Mitchell, who's uh, used to be a, a CNN anchor back in the day. She has her own, a channel now. It's called um, Unchained TV, and mm. it's uh, it's basically all kinds of films uh, based around uh, veganism and plant based lifestyle. Oh, okay, um, out there now. So um, yeah, that that's kind of where the festival started and how how it's evolved. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun the last couple of years. I added a cookbook contest. And so now we have the world's oh, nice. first vegan cookbook contest. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, sweet. Last When's... year we had 20 books submitted. This year we had 30 books submitted, all all oh, books wow. that were published this year. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Mm. Is, is there another one coming up soon? Or when's yeah, the next so one? Yeah, so the festival or? usually takes place in the November, October, November. Okay. Uh, and so we'll open the submission soon for, for the upcoming films and cookbooks. And then uh, the judging usually takes place over the summer, and then we spend the fall kind of organizing it all, and and have the event, uh, the main event in, um, yeah, in October, November, depending on kind of theater space and time. So I have to come up to Canada then. Yeah, or potentially host a world tour in your location. There was one a couple of years ago in Hilton Head. Um, oh, really? Okay. Far from that, you. Yeah. That's about four hours. Okay. Four hours from where I'm at. Yeah, it's I'm. It, that's true. It is closer than Ottawa. I'm about four hours from Charleston, Hilton Head, right. Myrtle Beach area. I'm more of the right. upstate South Carolina area. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. there's a lot of culture here, actually, in Greenville, that bringing a vegan film festival here, it it could work. Could yeah. work. We'll have to talk. Yeah, Maybe for we'll, sure. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, question for you. Along with your lifestyle, are there any daily habits that you do? For me, daily habits is to exercise, um, whether it's it's endurance or strength training. I'm incorporating a lot more strength training into my lifestyle now that I'm 48 and getting old. Uh, I think strength training is, is more important the older you get. So I incorporate that a fair bit more. But um, yeah, I'm still still out there doing uh, endurance events. Like I said, I just did my first cross-country Nordic ski race ever this weekend. It was a 27-kilometer um, skate ski mm-hmm. race. So that keeps it fresh. You know, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And uh, <laughs> it was exciting. I really encourage people to, you know, try something new for the first time. And then it brings kind of excitement and vigor back into your life and having those exciting goals. You know, if I hadn't, I had no, I had low expectations for this race. Um, but if I hadn't signed up and paid the money, I would not have skied near as much as I have this winter. So it's, yeah, it's moving your body every day, doing that exercise for me, you know, exercise is more than a necessity. It's a hobby. And mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate of that because so many people just seem to hate exercise <laughs> and really, you know, dread it. But, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I, I really, I do my, you know, I love the phrase that says slay your dragons in the morning or slay your dragons mm-hmm. first thing. So whatever I'm doing for yeah. my work, I usually do that, you know, the first 90 minutes of my day 
I try to get that done. And a lot of times that's between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. I find those mm-hmm. are my most productive hours. I agree. And when people are doing the miracle morning and exercising and journaling that, they're like, I know I'm going to get to exercise because I enjoy that. And mm-hmm. so I'll often, you know, I work for myself, so I'll often do my exercise at lunchtime or mm, uh, at okay. three o'clock, I'll go for a run or a ski and uh, or do some weights and that. And so I think whatever, whatever your dragon is, I think wh- if that's exercise, great. If it's, you know, some work you need to do, if it's mm-hmm. um, cooking, you know, do that the first 90 minutes of your morning and, and you mm-hmm. start your day off having that, you know, overcome not just a win, but, you know, a major win if you if you do that first thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree. I get up at five in the morning, too. And I usually am most productive between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. And sometimes I'll go for a run at 530, 6 o'clock. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do my savers. I do uh, the savers for those who are listening. If you don't know what they are, it's uh, silence, affirmations, visualization, um, exercise, reading and scribing or writing. I usually do the first three. I'll do my silence, my affirmations and my visualization first thing when I get up in the morning. And then I'll, if I have to do something important, I'll get that done. But usually I'll go for a run. And I find that during the run, I come up, sometimes I come up with ideas and Mm -hmm solve a lot of problems. I used to joke I could solve the world problems in a 30 minute run. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on that I might have forgotten? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be a resource. I'm happy to help people. I, I, I created this cheat sheet a couple of years ago that I, I had enough yeah. friends that were regularly emailing me saying, Hey, I like, you know, I, I try not to be preachy about it every now and then I'll post something on social media, mm-hmm. something about what we're doing or something about veganism, but it's certainly not every post. Uh, I mm-hmm. try to live more of an example than a preacher and, uh, you Fair know, enough. do some of these events, uh, more to show an example that you can mm-hmm. lead a, a, you know, a fulfilling, healthy lifestyle with a young family and, uh, and on, on a plant-based diet. A lot of times people are like, how do, how do I convince my friends or my family, you know, once mm-hmm. they become vegan and, and see the massive benefits and they, you know, people they care about, they're like, they just want them to switch because yeah. it's going to really help them. And they, well, I want them to feel all the benefits. And, mm-hmm. and it's, like I said, it's like a religion. You can't force somebody to become vegan. You can't force them to be plant-based. And and the best thing you can do is, you know, live a fulfilling lifestyle on, on, on your terms. And mm-hmm. eventually, hopefully they'll, they'll clue in and, and see like, wow, you're, you're actually, you know, you seem really happy. You seem really healthy. You seem really vibrant. You know, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How do we yeah. find Lead that instead example. of, you know, forcing it down their throat? You know, yeah. no one wants to be forced down the throat. Looks no, like no, religion. Everybody... no one wants any religion forced down the throat. No one wants any, right, any dietary right. restriction. And so and, it's, uh, it's important yeah. to, to back off and, you know, go at it as an inquisitive, you know, well, why, why do you want this? And, and I'm always happy to answer any questions, but I, I try not to lead too heavy on it every now and then, like I say, I, I'll post something, but. Um, yeah. You brought yeah. up a good point. You know, people have to want to change. I find that the most change occurs when you get angry at yourself for being in that particular situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and a lot of times that will prompt change. You know, mm-hmm. I'm mad at being in this spot. So now I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. So Sean, thank yeah. you. Especially I was going to ask you, what is your, what's uh, one book? One book recommendation uh, that the one that I've used the most over the last probably seven years is it's called plant powered families. Drina Burton is the author. And, okay. um, I've, you know, for years probably cooked out of that three times a week and, and mainly because it's really good, wholesome plant-based meals, whole food meals that my kids will eat. <laughs> you know, that's what it comes easy. down to so often. We like easy. Yeah. We like fast. We like easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, it's a, it's a fantastic book for that. Lots of great meals that, that the kids will eat. Um, and, and that are tasty for adults too, that are not bland. <laughs> Sean, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. This has been so informative. I appreciate you giving me the platform to share some of my sure. knowledge. And, you know, I, I am by far no expert and there are many experts out there. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just a dad that's, that's, you know, carving away in this, in this movement and, uh, trying my best, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a resource, but definitely, you know, there's lots of experts out there to, if you have, you know, drill down on some questions, you know, go search them out. And I really appreciate you, your, your, um, curiosity with this and, and openness and, and willingness to, to give yeah, me sure. the platform to, to share I learned a lot. Experience. I absolutely learned a lot. So I'm grateful for your time. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.